Amen. Why don't we turn uh, the pages of the Bible to the book of John, chapter 19 and verse 23. The gospel of John, chapter 19 and verse 23. John 19 and verse 23. John 19 and verse 23. The Bible says, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. Praise God. Amen. When you look at the scripture carefully, we realize that the Lord Jesus Christ had no houses, he had no fields, he had no horses, he had no oxen when he left this earth. The only earthly possessions he had were the clothes that he wore. Did you think about this before? How poor Jesus made himself for us. Amen. So Jesus had nothing to give as an inheritance. He had no children of the flesh. Amen. His flesh is not of this world. He's a word made flesh. Praise Jesus. He had nothing to give to this world in terms of earthly possessions. But he had a garment. And somebody say the garment of Jesus. This is the title of this message is the divided garment of Jesus. Praise God. Mm. Let's talk about the only earthly possession that Jesus had and what happened to it. Praise Jesus. When he died on the cross, mm, he had nothing to give anybody. No house, no horses, no nothing. Only his garments. And guess what? It did not seem like that the Jewish people were interested in his garments. They had no interest. It did not even strike anyone that perhaps the garments that Jesus was wearing was the same garment that the woman with the blood issue for 12 years touched by faith and was healed. Hallelujah. Have you thought about it? Nobody seems to have been interested. Wow. Somebody wrote, yes. <laughs> wow. Praise God. What happened? You remember the woman who said in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 20? The Bible says in Matthew 9 and 20, and behold, a woman 
Thank God for women. No wonder I keep preaching about women these days. They have so much faith. They made the Bible. They, they made the Bible what it is among, among others. Amen. They've stretched it out to 66 books because of what the faith that they exercise. Amen. God bless women. God bless the men too. But it, <laughs> here's a woman. 12 years she did not give up. 12 years she suffered. 12 years she carried her shame until one day. One day she heard about Jesus of Nazareth. Praise God. And the Bible says in Matthew 9.20, Behold, a woman which was diseased, dis diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Oh, hallelujah. She touched the hem of his garment. Something wonderful happens. When faith comes together with the garments of Jesus. Let me repeat this again. Something amazing happens. When faith comes together with the garments of Jesus. Praise Jesus. Who knows? Perhaps the Roman soldiers knew about the story of the woman with the blood issue. I don't know. But I wonder, why were they determined to get a part, a portion of the garment of Jesus? Why? What good will dividing the garment of Jesus into four parts do for you? Are you going to carry a patch on you? Are you going to cover yourself with one patch, part of it? No. There is a message here. It hit me the other day when I was just hearing the word of God. And I, I heard they divided his garments into four parts. I said, what? I just stopped the, 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 you know, the audio Bible. I said, what? Let me hear this again. They divided. Who divided? Romans, what? We keep hearing all these things. We keep reading the Bible how many years? But sometimes it takes the spirit of God to say, stop. Why do you think they divided my garments among them? And this is what I want to talk to you about today. I feel God showed me something. You see, you can read the word of God. And you can read the word of God under the anointing of the spirit of God. It's two different things. I'm sharing with you what the anointing of the Spirit of God showed me. You see, who knows what the agenda of these Roman soldiers was? Were they expecting some healing virtue? Some power? For what? They just... Crucified the Lord. They whipped him. They beat him. But to me, the Roman soldiers represent the Gentiles. Can you say they represent you and I? We who are Gentiles. They represent us well. How do I know this? Firstly, the Jews did not appear to be interested in the garments of the Lord Jesus. 
They considered Jesus to be cursed of God. They wanted nothing to do with him and his garments because they felt he is under a curse. Cursed is he who hangs on the cross. But not for the Romans, not for the Gentiles, for us. Jesus is no curse. He became a curse for us. Praise God. You see, the Roman soldiers each fought to get a part of the garment of Jesus. They were false soldiers. They must have argued with each other. They may have even tried to get physical with each other. And in the end, they said, okay, let's solve this properly. Let's cut it into four equal parts. Amen. I felt the spirit of the Lord telling me these four parts represent the four corners of the earth. Firstly, the garment of Jesus represents the anointing of Jesus. The power of Jesus. Amen. How do I know this? We will talk about it. We will talk about what garments mean in the Bible. Praise God. But first, let's talk about the four portions, amen, of the garments. They were divided into four equal parts. Ah, I think you're beginning to get the message. <laughs> Praise God. Put on your cap of revelation. Hallelujah. These are Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers do not stay in one place. They move. The Roman Empire was in the north, in the south, in the east, in the west. Hallelujah. God was already speaking symbolically, prophetically. The Gentiles are going to take the gospel to the four corners of the earth. Ah, hallelujah. Are you happy to be a Gentile? Are we going to fight for the garment of Jesus? Are we going to make sure? The Jews rejected him. No problem. We pray for them. One day, they will come back again to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. But now, since the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, we have the garment of Jesus. Can somebody shout, Amen, Hallelujah, Praise God. I'm telling you, each time I travel, I feel I have a portion of the garment of Jesus with me. Spiritually speaking, Amen. I'm not speaking about the shroud of Turin or some hocus pocus. I'm speaking about the spiritual inheritance of my father, Jesus. The last thing he gave to us on the cross of his earthly possessions was his mantle. Ha, hallelujah. Now we are talking about something. Praise God. When Elijah was leaving, what did Elisha say? <laughs> I want a double portion of your anointing. Elijah looked at him and said, you've asked something very hard. It's hard to get my garment because it represents my anointing. You cannot easily get my anointing. But I'll tell you what. If you stay faithful to my ministry, until the time I leave, ah, the Roman soldiers were there when Jesus was leaving. Amen. Before he breathed his last and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Hallelujah. These people were there. It's as if his garments <laughs> fell to them. They are the Elishas. We are the Elishas of the gospel. We have received a part of his garment. 
What are we doing with his garment? Have we buried it somewhere? Have we built a big church around it and told people, come and kiss this garment? No. We are to be like soldiers. I will speak about the soldiers. We have a mission to take each part of the garment of Jesus to the four corners of the earth in the name of Jesus. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Can we worship him for a moment? Can we lift up our hands and bless the name of Jesus? Amen. We have not received the anointing of Jesus in vain. We Gentiles, hallelujah, we have received a portion of his garment. We are in the north in Europe. Amen. Somebody is in the west and north in, in USA. Somebody is in the east. Somebody is in the south. We have received a portion of his garment. What are we doing with it? Praise God. Hallelujah. The four parts are symbolic of the four corners of the world. East, west, north, south. Hallelujah. This represents the universality of the gospel. Four is the, the cardinal points of the compass. Amen. Hallelujah. All this, when you put it together, a beautiful picture emerges here. The Gentiles coveted the garments of Jesus. And they were now going to take the gospel to the four corners of the earth. Praise Jesus. Can you receive this by faith? Can you say today I'm a Roman soldier? Yes, I have a portion of the garment of Jesus. Mine is to take his mission to the north. The other soldier says, I will gallop to the south. The next one says, I will gallop to the east and to the west. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. In Jesus' name. What a beautiful picture emerges. You see, nothing in the Bible is recorded um, without purpose, without meaning. There's nothing written. Not even the smallest thing willy-nilly. No. Everything has deep significance. Praise God. The gospel is universal, brothers and sisters. In Ivory Coast, I was hearing French. I don't understand French. And, but I can tell you, when they began to sing songs, I smiled. Because they were singing familiar tunes. Amen. Hallelujah. Tunes that we know. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. In French. And I started to sing in English. Praise God. That is my handicap, I should say. I just speak English. I speak Norwegian too. But uh, how universal are these songs? There were so many songs I recognized there. Amen. Hallelujah. And I said, wow. The languages may differ, but the message is the same. The worship is the same. Amen. It's going to the same Jesus. So we should not be arrogant and think that somehow our songs are more anointed than other people. What arrogance. Somehow, because our language is more, I don't know, closer to the language of God or uh, closer to, I know somebody once told me our language is very close to Hebrew. I wanted to say, are you trying to tell me that even if you spoke Hebrew, that somehow you are the blessed of God, God speaks only Hebrew? See, our God is not uh, the God of the Quran. In the, Allah prefers Arabic. If you read the Quran in English, they say, no, you need to read it in Arabic. No. 
Jesus himself spoke in all the languages of the world on the day of Pentecost. Our God was the United Nations before the United Nations was conceived. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Jesus is not in favor of the agenda of the United Nations. I can assure you that. But I'll tell you what. He is the original United Nations. He spoke in all the languages of the world in Jerusalem. The city of the great king. Because that king, Melchizedek, Jesus, he was there before Jerusalem became Jerusalem. He was there before Jerusalem was called Zion. Because God has always been the God of all nations. Amen. And he is no respecter of one country only or one nation. He is the God of all people. He respects every nation. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's say amen to that. So here are four Roman soldiers. We talk about the four horses of the apocalypse. Well, how about talking about the four soldiers, the Roman soldiers, who re each received a portion of the garment of Jesus. Let's talk about them. Praise God. Amen. Because they represent you and me. You see, Jesus himself told the Jews that the gospel would be taken away from them. Did you know that? And we would be given to a nation that was more worthy. Let's read Matthew 21 verses 42 and 43. Matthew chapter 21 verses 42 and 43. Part of my message today, brothers and sisters, is please, at no point in our service to Jesus should we entertain that spirit which was in the Pharisees and the Jewish nation. And I say this with love. I love the Jewish people. But what was the, the sin of the Jewish nation? Well, it was the fact that they began to believe in a gospel of ethnicity. That somehow, because they are Jews, they are the, you know, God uh, operates with favoritism because of ethnicity. No, has nothing to do with ethnicity. Has nothing to do with your language or your father or your uncles or your but everything to do with our Father Jesus. Anyone in the world can become the son of God, the child of Jesus, the daughter of Jesus. Amen. Let's read Matthew 21 verses 42 and 43. Jesus said unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Amen. These are not my words. These are the words of Jesus Christ himself. He said, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. God have mercy. I pray the kingdom of God will never be taken away from us apostolic people. And given to another people. Another nation. We must fight to grab the garments of Jesus. To grab the garments of Jesus means to fight for the anointing of Jesus. To receive his Holy Ghost. To receive his doctrine.
that he's the only God, that we must be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost, then we have the garments of Jesus. And we can gallop with our horses to the four, four corners of the earth with this garment of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. So it is important that we take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Otherwise, the kingdom of God will be taken from us. Next, let us notice that the Roman soldiers took the garments of the Lord by force. I repeat that because it's true. The Roman soldiers took the garments of the Lord by force. Let me remind you, this was also prophesied in the book of Psalms. In Psalm 22 and verse 18, Psalm 22 and verse 18, the Bible says, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Please note, in this verse here, there are two parts. Jesus had two types of garments. I'm speaking about the first type of garment. The first garment is the outer garment. This outer garment was made up of different pieces of cloths. It had seams. That means you could see where these garments were stitched together. That is how the out, outer garment of Jesus was. So it was easy for the soldiers to tear that garment along the stitching or the seams and to share with each other. Amen. But later I will talk about the vesture or what is called the coat. In Hebrew, chiton, chiton, or chiton. It's written uh, a bit uh, like this. I will be showing it to you soon. But let me come to that a bit later with the chiton. But there is an outer garment and there is an inner garment. I'm speaking first about the outer garment because Jewish men, religious Jewish men, observing Jews, would always have an outer and inner garment in those days. But not everybody had the kind of inner garment uh, as the Lord was wearing. And there's a message there in this. We will come to this later but just understand this firstly that there is an outer garment and there is an inner uh, garment maybe i can share with you uh, a uh, on on the, the zoom room right here i can share with you a picture of what i'm speaking about uh, i hope you can see what i'm speaking about on the right hand side here where it says biblical clothing and wiki one notice this uh gentleman here he is wearing a typical middle middle, middle eastern uh you know garment attire we are not speaking about the outer tunic we i'm speaking about the inner so the in, sorry i'm not speaking about the inner i'm speaking about the outer so this outer one could easily be torn because it was already uh, basically 
you know, an amalgamation. It, they put together, uh, stitched together, if you will, uh, different patches. It's like a patchwork, uh, just like a quilt that you would make. So once we understand that, let's come back to our message. So right now, so far, so good. The Roman soldiers took this garment by force. And I said this was prophesied in the book of Psalms. Psalm 22 verse 18 says, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. We will come back to the vesture. Understand that the gospel is for those who understand its value and are willing to fight for it. Do you see a person who is ambivalent, who is complacent or indifferent about the gospel? Let me tell you, they will, Jesus will not entrust his gospel to such people. He wants people like the Roman soldiers who are going to fight for his garments. Amen. I want a portion of the gospel. Give me my portion. Praise God. I want to encourage you who are listening to me today. Please don't live your Christian life in such a way that you are looking to know where is the gospel. I want to hear. And then we promote some people in the USA or Africa or South Korea. This is not what Jesus called us for. You and I must fight to get a portion of the garments of Jesus. Can you say amen? Can you say right here, something will happen. Right where I am, hallelujah, I am going to get a part of the gospel. Jesus did not call us to be spectators. Jesus did not call us to promote some pastor somewhere or some evangelist somewhere or Sometimes if we are not careful, we Christians think that I'm going to witness to somebody and mention the name of somebody else, not Jesus. Do you know Pastor so-and-so? As if Pastor so-and-so is Jesus himself. Do you know Bishop so-and-so? Oh, this I, I myself have been guilty of this. We need to stop this in Jesus' name. We need to be like the Roman soldiers. We need to be like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said, the gospel which I received, I did not receive from any human being. <laughs> the did you know that the 12 apostles could not boast that they preached to the Apostle Paul? They could not boast. If you would ask Peter, Peter, excuse me, you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. God bless you. Are you the one who opened... The kingdom of heaven for the apostle Paul, he said, no, I never heard of, I, I've heard of this guy, but he, he was, uh, the last time I heard of him, he, he was throwing stones at Stephen. He killed Stephen. Wow. John, did you witness to him? He said, no, not me. I try to stay far away from this guy. I don't want to be killed by him. James, you? No, no, no. Saul of Tarsus? He means trouble. <laughs> Let me tell you. Every one of us must have a direct relationship with Jesus. Every one of us must desire a portion of the garments of Jesus. I want a portion for myself. Amen.
These Roman soldiers were determined to get a potion for themselves. Hallelujah. Jesus himself said in Matthew 11 verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. There is a time to be violent in the spirit. There is a time to take something by force. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Refuse to be a spectator. Refuse to be somebody who only promotes another pastor, another church, or another ministry. What did you receive from Jesus? Did you not grab that garment and say, I, I'm not going to leave it. I have, I have to get my potion. Shall we not be like the Apostle Paul? Who said the gospel I received. I received directly from Jesus. He was so bold. He said I know about Peter, James and John. But whoever they are. God is no respecter of any person. <laughs> He's not against them. But understand what I'm saying today. You will not be effective for Jesus. Unless you have this mind. Like the Roman soldiers. I want my peace. Like the Apostle Paul. Who are you Lord? Amen. I must know you for myself. First he went to Arabia. To be with Jesus alone. And after three years. He came to talk with the Apostles. To check. Whether what he received for himself. Was the same as what they received. Amen. Jesus. Wants everybody to come to him. Hallelujah. When Pilate told Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews? You know what Jesus told him? Are you saying this of yourself? Huh? Is this first hand knowledge? <laughs> or did somebody else tell you this? Ah. I don't want secondary sources. I want primary source. Jesus is saying. What do you believe? About me. It will not save us if we say, well, Peter said on the day of Pentecost, that's Peter. What do you believe? <laughs> say, I believe Peter. Because Jesus said it through Peter on the day of Pentecost. And Luke wrote it down. Amen. We are not parrots. Amen. We do not believe in the gospel of parroting. We must be first-hand witnesses of the glory of Jesus. Jesus did something unique in your life, which he did not do in anyone else's life. You have heard something. You have seen something. Amen. When I started to yesterday to preach in Ivory Coast, I told them, when I met Jesus in 1986, when I was still a Muslim, I promised the Lord that wherever he would take me in the world, I will always share my testimony. And by now I've been sharing this in over 25 countries about how I left Islam and came to Jesus. There is no preacher who preached to me, no Christian who came and witnessed to me. Jesus did it directly. Jesus used many people to enrich me over the years. 
But the greatest miracle was Jesus coming himself and telling me that he is God. Amen. So I don't need to argue with anybody that whether Jesus is God or not. He told me himself. Let me tell you. To take the garment of Jesus and to secure a potion for yourself means go directly to Jesus. Where did they get this garment from? Directly from Jesus. They took it violently. Amen. Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. You will never achieve anything for Jesus until you become spiritually violent. I'm not speaking about physical violence. Don't misunderstand. I'm speaking about spiritual violence. That means we decide that we are going to go in the name of Jesus like these soldiers. Soldiers represent violence, so to speak. We are soldiers, spiritual soldiers. Amen. There is a devil to fight. It's a very serious war to fight. Very serious war to fight. I'm telling you this. There is a real demonic world out there. It's a very shocking world. I don't want to scare anybody. But let me tell you. A few days ago, while I was asleep, I had this very vivid dream. Somebody I know in my family, you don't know this person. I dreamed that I was with this person. This person doesn't live anywhere near me. I suddenly laid hands and began to rebuke a demon. And this person's eyes changed, became white. And the devil started to fight me. And I was rebuking and fighting. And suddenly, at one point, I told this person, the demon, I said, what is your name? And you know what he said? Strangely, Holoitima. Now, can you imagine when I woke up, I was wondering, what in the world did I just experience? I could still feel the presence of evil. And I was still rebuking in Jesus' name. And something told me, you need to Google this name. And guess what? When I Googled and I wrote in Google Translate, guess which language came up? The Maori language or, and the Hawaiian language of all places. Maori is in New Zealand. Hawaii, you know, is in the USA. In that language, basically, it means... Steam, that means a steam wash was what the word came up with. In other words, this devil was telling me that he is responsible for the alcoholism of this person. And this is a person who is in serious alcoholism. That's why I'm telling you <laughs> that these demons are real. They speak all the languages of the world. He revealed his name. To me, that he is the spirit behind the alcoholism, the steam, that this person is a wash. It's like a car wash. You know, in Norwegian, we even say when somebody is drinking a lot, they say it was a steamy, steamy evening. So the devil was laughing and saying he's behind the spirit of alcoholism. Let's get serious. We're in a war against the principalities, 
against these powerful forces in the spiritual world. Unless we know we are soldiers. Amen. We must be disciplined by the Holy Spirit of Jesus. We must be trained by the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And we must be de determined like the Roman soldiers. Hallelujah. Let me tell you. The reason the Roman Empire was unconquerable in its heyday was because there was nobody more disciplined than a Roman soldier. A Roman soldier was trained to defend a certain radius. I was in Rome. I can tell you, I was even going back to the internet to study about Rome, its power, why they were so powerful. And again and again, the answer is their strength lay in the discipline of their army. When the Roman army came to your town, it's goodbye, unless you surrender. They will never leave until they accomplish their mission. We are the soldiers of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. That's why I asked this time to sing, to sing the song, Oh, When the Saints Go Marching. This is not just a nice song we sing. We are fighting evil powers in Jesus' name. We are soldiers. Please don't misunderstand me. But there is a reason. Whenever, whenever I'm with Christians and they are speaking about their weakness and they're glorifying all their weakness, I, I don't feel comfortable. It's not because I'm super strong. But listen, I'm a soldier of Jesus. A Roman soldier will not talk to you about his weakness. He's a soldier. What did the Apostle Paul tell Timothy, what did he tell Timothy? He told him to endure hardship like a soldier of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Paul told Timothy, thou therefore endure hardness. Say endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Before we complain, before we murmur, before we glorify weakness, remember you're a soldier in Jesus' name. Soldier, hallelujah, you are serving Jesus. You are not serving the Roman Empire. You're not serving Uncle Sam. You're not serving God save the king. You are serving the king of kings. The Lord of lords. The Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. Hallelujah. Don't you think he's make, able to make you the most resilient soldier ever? Amen. Do you hear the drumbeat of heaven? And we march in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I've prayed many times. Jesus, make me a soldier. I've been in a boarding school. It was more or less like a military school. We used to uh, play sports against the military. The real military. We always used to beat them. Even Imagine, we were 16, 17 years old. But we wanted to beat them in football. We wanted to beat them in boxing. We wanted to beat them... In all the sports, and they were men. They would knock us out. They would uh, 
uh, you know, tackle us in a terrible way. But we were determined. We will beat the military. And the military said, it's a shame if teenagers would defeat us. <laughs> so that's where God took me to give me my training to be like a soldier of Jesus. We are soldiers, brothers and sisters. Jesus will make you strong. Jesus will give you discipline. Jesus will make you a soldier that the kingdom of God can be proud of in Jesus' name. Don't glorify your weakness. Jesus never asked us to do his work by our weakness. It does not help anybody to speak about our weakness or to murmur. God was angry with them in the desert when they're murmuring. He can bring water out of the rock in the desert. He can make meat fall from heaven. He can give manna from heaven. He can give you fish from the Sea of Galilee. Praise God. What's your problem? He can fill your account with money. I can tell you honestly, many times when I travel and do the work of God, I always see the money keeps coming in. You say, oh, you have a good salary. Now, I'm not speaking about my salary. I'm speaking about people everywhere sending offering. I'm amazed. Many of you are already here. You know yourself. I didn't even tell you. Can you please send any money? But Jesus says, go. He didn't say, have a discussion with me about how much money there is or where the money will come from. Just go. Amen. Be a soldier. A soldier does not think about where his food will come from. How, uh, you know, in the middle of the battle, when it's lunchtime, when it's breakfast time, he just is a soldier. May God give us the mind of a soldier. Let's continue. So, the inheritors of the garments of the Lord were soldiers. <laughs> Think about it. Praise God. I said earlier, if Elisha showed, demonstrated so much zeal to inherit the mantle of Elijah, how much more should we demonstrate zeal to inherit the garments of Jesus? To inherit the garments of, the, of God in flesh. Hallelujah. Manifested in flesh. How much more? Praise God. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 14. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 14. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 14 says, And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. Oh, praise God. We need to test the garments of Jesus that we have received. We need to use it in the name of Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. Pray for the sick. Rebuke demons. See what happens. Amen. We need to demonstrate more zeal to inherit the garments of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. By inheriting his garments, I'm speaking about receiving the anointing and favor of the Lord to evangelize the world. Amen. Let me come to the second part of the message. But before that, let me say, while, I, while I'm still on the topic of the soldiers, Remember the Roman centurion? 
in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 9, he told Jesus, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. To another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. Praise God. We are soldiers. We are under authority, the authority of Jesus Christ. We have received orders, our marching orders, to go into all the world. Amen. We are soldiers who now have grabbed a portion of the Lord's garments. We must now carry this mantle of the Lord to the ends of the earth. Amen. Just think about it. If the handkerchief of the Apostle Paul frightened demons, what will the garments of Jesus do? Amen. <laughs> Remember the handkerchief of Paul? Acts chapter 19 verses 11 and 12. Acts chapter 19 verses 11 and 12 says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. And the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Praise God. Wow. Imagine. From his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs. So they took a handkerchief. They put it on Paul. They brought aprons. Put it on his body. And then they took it. <laughs> And laid it upon people with diseases and demons and everything left. How much more when we receive the garments of Jesus. Praise God. This is why the woman said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I know the disease will leave me. Praise God. Today, we have the Jesus of the garment in us. It's not... Paul's body which was doing the miracles. It's the Jesus who is inside of Paul. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Jesus. We all have this Jesus of Paul in us. Amen. Finally, let me come to the last part. You see, John also wrote that the Roman soldiers did not divide the coat or the tunic of the Lord. What I call the chiton in Hebrew. Let's read again John chapter 19 verses 23 and 24. John 19 23 says, then the soldiers when they had crucified Jesus took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part. Now the second part says, and also his coat, chiton now the coat was without seam. Notice, his coat was without seam. Woven from the top throughout. This is very important information. We need to understand our Bibles. Let's read verse 24. Verse 24 says, They said therefore among themselves, Let us not render, rend it. But cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, They parted my raiment among them, 
and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Look at how precisely and such detail, minute detail, the scripture has been fulfilled. A thousand years ago, Psalm 22 through the prophet David, King David, God said, they will divide my outer garments, but my inner garment, they will not divide it. They will cast lots for it. You know why? And listen to this, very important information. Bible scholars believe that the inner garment closest to the skin, if this garment is seamless, that means it has no stitching. It's very difficult to make such a garment, by the way. You cannot put together two garments. It's one long garment. Do you know who was, who, what kind of people wore such garments? Priests. <laughs> the high priest wore such a garment. And somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Jesus is our high priest. In the book of Leviticus, did you know the Bible says the high priest cannot tear his garments? It's forbidden. Let's read Leviticus 21 verse 10. Uh, let me give you this revelation slowly. Amen. We get. I got excited uh, when I got understood this information. But listen, the Bible does not record trivialities. God is not interested. He's not a God of uh, trivial details. Every detail has profound meaning. Leviticus 21.10 says, He that is a high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know why they decided that the high priest should never have a garment which can be torn easily? Because of the scripture. So they made sure to weave, to, to uh, sew together a seamless garment without an, a, a stitched edge, a seam. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is our high priest. On the inside, he wore a garment which the high priest would wear. A priest's garment. Why do you think he did it? There's only one reason. It says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7 and verse 26, For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefined, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefined, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. Praise God. Let me tell you, even the Roman soldiers, without knowing it, when they saw this inner garment, when they took it off the Lord, remember I said they took it by violence. We must take the gospel by violence. When they looked at this garment, they did, decided not to tear it. They could have torn it, but they saw it's a beautiful garment. It has no seams. 
no stitching, no edges. What shall we do with this garment? Let's cast lots. You know, to cast lots was also a biblical thing. It's not only Jews who are casting lots. The Spirit of God came upon these Roman soldiers. They did not know what they were doing. <laughs> they suddenly became Jews. They said, let's cast lots because this is the high priest's garment. We don't want to tear the priesthood of Jesus. We will honor the priesthood of Jesus to the Gentiles. Are you with me? Say amen. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Say Jesus is the priest, the high priest of the Gentiles. Say he's my high priest. We did not tear his garments. These four Roman soldiers represented us. Yes, they divided the outer garments. But they did not divide the inner garments. Because he's our high priest. The high priest is not supposed to tear his clothes. Jesus is our high priest. Brothers and sisters, today we have the outer garment and the inner garment of Jesus, so to speak. Amen. We have the great commission and the anointing to go. You see, the outer garment. Somebody say outer garment. Go. Say go. Where? Outside. Outer garment. And come inside. Into the temple of the high priest. In the inner garment. Shall I repeat it again? Outer garment of Jesus represents the world. Go with the gospel to the world. And when we go, we also have the inner garment. Which is closest to the skin of Jesus. Amen. The high priest used to go into the holy of holies. We go outside to the world. And we come into the Holy of Holies with Jesus, our high priest. Are you with me? This is the message of the garments of Jesus. Say with me, I have both. I have the outer garments. Today I'm in Ivory Coast. I have the outer garment. But when I'm here also in my hotel room, I am holding on. I have the inner garment of Jesus. I will go on my knees and my high priest, Jesus will take me into the inner sanctuary. He will put his blood upon me. He will forgive my sins. He will pray for me. He's my advocate. He's my intercessor. That is the meaning of having the inner garment of Jesus. But I also have the outer garment. Tomorrow I will go out again. This is how we Roman soldiers Say, we Roman soldiers. Today we're all Roman soldiers. We're not going to hurt anybody except the devil. Amen. You better be afraid in Jesus' name. <laughs> we are Roman soldiers. We have two garments. We have the outer garment. We have a potion each to take to the four corners of the earth. And we have the inner garment to take into the Holy of Holies. And to tell Jesus... You are my high priest. Hallelujah. Please pray for me. Please bless me, Jesus. Please put your blood upon me, Jesus. Hallelujah. With this, can we bow our heads? Can we pray to the Lord? Can we tell him, thank you 
for your outer garments. Thank you for your chiton. Thank you that we Gentiles now have the inner and outer garment, the anointing for the gospel, and the chiton for the priesthood of Jesus. Help us, Jesus, today. With these two garments, we cannot lose. We go out and we go in. Hallelujah. Can we pray together in the name of Jesus as we conclude? Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message. We are the inheritors of your garments. The Gentiles. Hallelujah. We are the nation which has received the gospel. Amen. Because the original children rejected it. So we are the beneficiaries. So help us, Lord, today. I don't want to lock up. I don't want to hide the inner and outer garments of Jesus in a closet. But I need to take it out. I need to remember what I received from you on the cross of Calvary. Your last earthly possessions. Just as Elisha did not waste what he received from Elijah. But he hit the waters and said, where is the God of Elijah? And the waters of the river Jordan opened. And he operated with a double portion of the blessings of Elijah. Jesus, I pray today that you will give us a new anointing after this message. The anointing through touching your outer garments. Can we touch the outer garments of Jesus by faith? Can we touch together? Let's believe that like that woman. Whatever you touch the garments of Jesus for, this is what you will get. I want to touch the outer garments of Jesus to take the gospel to the whole world. If you believe it, you will be moving around. Amen. Just as I'm moving around. And at the same time, let us take our other hand and let us touch the vesture of Jesus. The cloak, the tunic, the chiton. Amen. So with our hands on both garments, let's pray. Jesus, I want to go out for the gospel. Anoint me for this. And I also want you to be my high priest. I want to live in the Holy of Holies with my high priest. Put your blood upon my soul, Jesus. Continuously sanctify me with your blood. Intercede for me, Jesus. Be my high priest, Jesus. Hallelujah. And keep sending me out. Out, in, and out. Out and in. In the name of Jesus. Let this characterize my Christian life from henceforth. I bless you for this. Oh God of the heavenly garments. Amen. God of the mighty garments. Hallelujah. We bless you. We give you the glory today. We thank you for this anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen, Amen, Amen. Jesus bless you abundantly.